you're listening to Veg Your Best. There has never been a more important time to be vegan. At Veg Your Best, we're here to help you limit and eliminate the consumption of animal products without feeling deprived, overwhelmed, or unsupported. Even if no one you know is vegan. My name's Michelle Olander. I'm a life coach. And I want to show you that living vegan is actually the superpower that's going to unlock your possibilities and give you the confidence to take on your next impossible goal. And that's by doing it your way. If I could go vegan in my 50s, with all my excuses, I know that you can start moving in that direction too. Veg your best and there's nothing you can't do. This week, an interview with vegan podcasters Chris and Sam from Compassion and Cucumbers. Hello, my Veg Your Besties. Welcome back. And if you're new to Veg Your Best, welcome. This week, I want you to meet some fellow podcasters who have created a very special, a very positive space in their corner of the podcasting universe. Christine Volk and Samantha Kenny are partners on the pod and married in real life. And I often tell you that vegan podcasters were my mentors when I was a new vegan. And I recommend that all my clients find some, find some creators, podcasters, thought leaders to learn from and be inspired by. I think it's so helpful to realize that there is no one way to go on this journey. So located in Western New York, Chris and Sam have made Compassion and Cucumbers all their own. And I think you will love getting to know them. Okay, I don't want to waste any time. So I'll be back on the other side of the interview. Enjoy. Christine and Sam from the Compassion and Cucumbers podcast. Did I get it right? You did. Absolutely <laughs> sure did. right. I keep wanting to say compassionate cucumbers. Oh, well, that works too. That wouldn't be bad. <laughs> I mean, but do cucumbers have a choice? Can they be anything but compassionate? I don't know. Good point. Excellent point. Well, you're going to have to start, guys, by telling me where did the name of the uh, podcast come from? Okay, Sam, you want to go on this one or? Sure. I think uh, that was kind of my decision in an odd way. Um, because for me, veganism is first and foremost about compassion and empathy. And um, my favorite vegetable are cucumbers. <laughs> so compassion and cucumbers seem to be a pretty good fit. And Christine just agreed with me and said, okay, we can do that. And off we went moving on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that was quick. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I thought it was kind of a little whimsical, which kind of um, flows with our personalities a little bit. So yeah, I mean, it sounded good to me. <laughs> well, you've made it work with the graphics that you guys designed for your website and for your social media. I mean, oh, just... that is all Christine. Is it? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Christine. Fabulous. <laughs> really fabulous. 
I have a lot, I have a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm a musician and back in the day before, um, digital streaming and all that other stuff, you had to make posters for your shows and, um, a post on MySpace. you know, everybody needed to know what was going on with you on MySpace. And so I got, a, a some graphics experience, created my own website. That was back when everybody had to have their own website because there wasn't any kind of social media that people were really tuning into for stuff. So that's where I kind of got my design chops. I'm no professional by any means, but I do have fun with it. Well, they're great. They're great. So I hope everybody who's listening will take a look. We'll we'll try to link a bunch of them when we when we make the show public. But the graphics <laughs> are fun. They're really, really great. They are fun. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you do find them fun because that's what they're supposed to be. Yeah. And I'm going to want to ask you about the sign. I can't remember what you call it, but what you give the restaurants when you are thanking them for having some vegan options. Oh, so yeah. let's, I'm going to try and remember to come around to that because first I really would like to know a little bit now that we know that, that it was Sam's idea for compassion and cucumbers, <laughs> and we're having a bumper crop of cucumbers in my garden this summer. Awesome. Really, really oh, great. I so think great. about you all the time because <laughs> so I'd like to hear a little bit who wants to go first. Tell me a little bit about, uh, who they are and where they, how they came to uh, a vegan lifestyle and how, how you guys got together. Uh, go ahead, Chris. You can go first. Oh, okay. Well, um, it started. We watched the film. Well, I, I'm sorry. I watched the film, What the Health, mm-hmm. and Sam was off. I think on a recruiting trip or something. Mm-hmm. And after watching that, and I had been vegetarian in the past and gotten away from it. And after watching that film, I'm like, what are we doing? Like, why? What are we doing? We we need to go vegan. This is ridiculous. Um, I don't want to support you know, we're supposedly animal lovers, you know, I don't want to support these industries, uh, what they're doing to not only the animals, but our planet. And so when Sam came home from that trip, I said, I think we need to go vegan. You need to watch this film. And so we watched it together. We, I rewatched it with her and she's like, uh, yeah. And I think either that evening or the next morning we cleaned out our refrigerator. I bid adieu to my beloved cheese. And, um, and that was it. We, we went vegan. Yeah. Wow. So really, really fast. You're saying you also had kind of a familiarity with vegetarianism and yeah, I was vegetarian for a number of years. Um, and then just kind of fell out of it. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, couldn't even tell you why, but just kind of fell out of it. Um, mostly I think just for convenience, um, I come from an Italian family and it was hard in family get togethers you know, not to eat meat. Yeah. To, yeah. to not eat what, what everybody was bringing or making. So, um, so yeah, I was familiar with it, but never, and it was never, I mean, it was because of animals, but it never really clicked until I started really digging into it. Mm. And so Sam, you just went right along for the, uh, for the ride. I did. And the interesting thing is I have a pretty substantial history of eating disorders, which is not uncommon amongst dancers. And so during my teens and twenties, I really struggled with that. And at one point as I was recovering from uh, my anorexia, I was told that I had to have animal protein every day or otherwise I would be anemic for the rest of my life. And I kind of bought that. I just said, oh, a doctor is telling me I must have animal protein. So, okay, fine. I will have animal protein. And so I was never a big meat eater. I did consume poultry and fish primarily. I was never a big fan of red meat or pork. Um, 
but once we watched what's the health that once I did more research, I'm like, no, I don't need this. So, and finding out that doctors are so undereducated when it comes to nutrition uh, was just really eye-opening for me. So I said, you know what, let's, let's just go, let's just do this. Yes. Mm. So I, I think how many millions of us are those documentaries, the, the last, the last nail in the uh, eating animals yeah. coffin, right? It's really Absolutely. Been a, so, cause they're so powerful, they really, really powerful. Yeah. And I think also they, they show a variety of people making the choice. And I think when we're in our own like worlds, we don't know that many vegans. We don't know that right. many vegetarians. And um, so it's, it's, it's such a great way to see that there are people um, that are a lot like us who are not just super disciplined or not just super mm -hmm. activist or not super hippie or not. I mean, there are a lot of people who are just making it work in all a variety of different worlds. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, one of the things you you said about having um, an eating disorder uh, journey, uh, Sam, some people will say you cannot be vegan if you've ever um, gone through this, this kind of an eating disorder, mm -hmm. um, because that's restriction. And this right. is going to this is going to send you in that in that direction. Now, I don't have this experience. But I, um, I know a lot of people have felt that they didn't have their permission of family and therapists mm -hmm. because of it. Have, have you had that situation? I haven't. Um, and to be completely honest, my relationship with food has gotten so much better since we've gone vegan. It's mm -hmm. rather amazing. Um, I used to be kind of obsessive, even though I would not choose to starve myself or choose to binge and purge or any of that. I would be kind of obsessed with what I was eating, um, with tracking what I was eating or with whatever my weight was at the time. And yeah, I don't have those patterns anymore. It's just like, I know that I am eating in a way that is good for my body, that is good for the planet, that does not harm anyone. And it seems like all of that has just settled. Mm. It's really quite amazing. So I, and I think it's because I don't see veganism as being restrictive. I feel like our food universes have kind of opened up since we stopped consuming animal products, you know, because everyone can get into a rut of, oh, well, we're having chicken and a grain and a vegetable, you know, chicken, rice, and broccoli. And we did chicken, rice, and broccoli a lot. And it was just because it was simple, it was easy, it was available, you don't have to think about it. But now I feel like the way we are consuming food and the way we are making food has become so much more creative and so much more varied and interesting. Yeah. Um, even recently, somebody said, what do vegans eat? And I said, the question should be, it's simple. What do we not eat? We don't eat animals. We don't eat animals and any product that comes from them. Everything else is vegan. Everything else you eat in this world is vegan. All the vegetables, everything else is vegan. The only thing that's not vegan is meat and anything and that's, dairy. yeah, meat, dairy, anything that comes from an animal. It's just that simple. You know, it's, it, um, I would rather that people would say, um, you know, instead of what is, you know, what do you eat? just say, you know, what can't you eat? Mm -hmm. And it, and it's simpler. 
Mm. I can't eat, I can't eat meat. I can't eat dairy. And, and, and it's other than that, everything else in, in your grocery store is vegan. So, right. Like my mother has this misconception that she has no idea how to cook for us because we're vegan. And I'm like, no, you absolutely do. It just leave out the meat, the eggs, the dairy. That's it. Everything else is fair game. Yeah. I think, I think we've all gone through that. And I think also many of us, most of us, me have been there, have been that person who was like, okay, now what, now what, what would I, what could I eat? Just, I have mm-hmm. no idea. As, <laughs> even though I always ate vegetables and grains and all those things, always had extra vegetables at every meal. But I was like, well, how am I going to cook that? And I've proven that you really don't have to cook much. I love hearing you guys cook from the cookbooks that you all have, because I have dozens and dozens of cookbooks <laughs> and I don't think I've cooked from any of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was kind of the impetus for um, making that resolution uh, was because I, we also own a ton of really great cookbooks and I love, you know, just reading cookbooks like you would read a book. And um, it's funny, I just heard an interview with uh, Isa Chandra Moskowitz, and she was talking about how people generally make two recipes out of each of the cookbooks that they own and then never revisit them again. And I'm like, that's sad. So when we were doing um, a New Year's episode, I never make New Year's resolutions, but I thought it would be fun to, to make this resolution and it would be a way to hold myself to it, to say, I'm going to make try to make at least once a week a recipe out of one of the millions of cookbooks that I have. And uh, so far it's been a really fun ride, you know, and it really inspires you when you cook out of a cookbook, you, you get pe- other people's techniques that are different from you. Um, maybe an ingredient that you don't always use. And then, you know, that, that stuff kind of gets incorporated in my everyday cooking, which is really cool. Yeah. I've, I've loved following along with your resolution because um, <laughs> I always feel like I'm the person who is, standing up for the people who go, but I don't cook. And I do, I have cooked, I cooked plenty, but I haven't cooked a lot in the last few years. And I'm more of an assembler. Like I know how to make the vegetables. I've got grains, I have beans. um, And I just make a a plate with, and I show it on Instagram so people can see number one, that it's not restrictive, that I'm eating an enormous pile of food, (laughs) every meal. (laughs) And you have to, and if you're feeling, if you're somebody who's feeling like it's not enough and you're lightheaded and you're feeling it's because you're not eating enough. And that happened to me when I first started, I wasn't eating enough because I was used to that little, you know, as you're saying, the the chicken breast and the, you know, the starch and the broccoli, and it was a kind of a contained plate. Right. And, uh, so now, you, you know, so, so I love, but I, I'm, I'm enjoying vicariously, V is for <laughs> vicarious. I'm enjoying hearing you um, go through the, not just the recipes, but how you in real life decide, well, I left that out because we don't have it or it's not in season or yeah. it wasn't ripe. The avocado, I think I heard one, the avocado was not ready. Wasn't right. Right. That's, that's a yeah, common one. <laughs> yeah. I definitely wanted to make it real world and not just always go out and buy ingredients specifically for a recipe. So I'll pick a recipe that is based about, you know, based on what I can find in our refrigerator and in our pantry. Um, so that I'm not going out and buying things that that we didn't already have or that we don't need or we might not use up. So that kind of dictates um, some of the recipes that I choose. But I love what you post on Instagram and we do the same thing. We just do it in bowls. You do it on a plate. We do it in a bowl. 
you just do what you're doing on a plate and put it in a bowl. Then you can call it a Buddha bowl. (laughs) 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 It's just, you know, a grain of vegetable, beans, whatever, and put it all in a bowl with maybe a little tamari or some kind of sauce or something. Mm. And there you go. Yeah. Our most common meal is a ginormous salad with every possible vegetable and then some kind of grain and some kind of bean and, you know, just chickpeas and nuts and seeds for crunch and protein. And yeah. So we, we're not always going with anything complicated, like yeah, big no. salad is kind of like the go-to. And, you know, I, I don't know if you, you know, Dr. What's his name? Dr. Bolshevich. He's the, uh, the gut health MD. He's a vegan or plant-based doctor and he's a gastroenterologist and he talks about like challenging everyone to be eating 30 or more different ingredients a mm-hmm. week because most Americans eat like seven ingredients a week. Right. Wow. Really. <laughs> and so, and not even vegetables. I mean, not to mention vegetables. So he wants us to yeah. be really upping the variety of phytonutrients you're getting from um, all these different plant-based sources, because now we don't really believe in the protein um, combining is not as accurate as we, maybe mm-hmm. some of us grew up thinking, but we do want all those different um, little little phytonutrients coming in. That's mystifying that most Americans only eat seven. I can't remember the number. I, I will tell you, it's, but it's almost nothing. It's like French fries, it's like potatoes, <laughs> ketchup. I believe that. You know, beef, chicken. Wow. Yeah. 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 I believe that it's the kind of the classic meat and potatoes kind of meal. Yeah. You would only be eating a few ingredients, you know, a, an animal protein, a vegetable of some sort, and like you said, potatoes or corn. And yeah, that, that was the typical Western diet. The, the problem is now it's loaded with all this processed stuff, you yeah. know, I mean, not to mention the animal products, um, just the amount of processed foods that are in our grocery stores, it's amazing to me. Yeah. You and this, this is a challenge for vegans and plant-based people too, right? A lot oh, of yeah. Sure oh, processed yeah. Things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, like uh, with the VegFests, I was actually saying on our way back from the last VegFest that um, I'm, I'm ready for this vegan junk food trend to end. Mm. we've tried a lot it's of going nowhere Chris <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's great and I do think that it is a it's a good way to get non-vegans to try vegan food to make um junk food or what looks like fast food kind of things um because it, it I think it's easier and a little more accessible for non-vegans but I'm ready to go to a veg fest and have somebody cooking up some really spectacular vegetable dishes you know mm-hmm. give me a bowl of uh, Brussels sprouts or something mm. with a fantastic sauce and some almonds or, so, you know, give me some, because it just feels like, oh my gosh, such, so much of the vegan fast food is so heavy and um, doesn't, it doesn't feel super healthy to me, of course, because it's fast food, you know? So yeah. I, I get why people are doing, because it is really accessible, but I'm, I'm kind of um, getting over the vegan fast food trend. <laughs> But it just could be because we've just been to so many veg fests and 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 whatnot. I could well, be bur- yeah. I could be burned out on it. Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the veg fests because I have not been to one. I did have tickets to one, then I couldn't go. The one in um, Rhode Island in uh, Providence during the winter. Oh, okay. um, nice. I ha- so I haven't been to one yet. And you guys make it seem fun. 
Oh, it's a, it's a blast. blast. It's a real blast. And, um, the community, you know, it's just, it's kind of like, um, you know, Sam and I are a gay married couple and, um, I'm sure we both had the experience when we were younger of maybe going to a a meetup where there were a lot of gay people. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's this same kind of thing. You feel like, Oh, you found your tribe when you go to, um, a veg fest, there's all these vegans, you know, and, and most of the people there are already vegan, if not super vegan curious. And so it just feels like you found your people, you know? Yeah. It's a great energy. Yeah. It's really an incredible energy. So you don't have to explain yourself. No, all the time. not at all. <laughs> nobody, at all. nobody asks you where you get your protein. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, and sure, every now and again, you come up against somebody who's a little cantankerous. Like at the Western New York Veg Festival, we had uh, an older gentleman kind of looking at our table and the things that we had on offer. And uh, one of our t-shirt designs is uh, a cartoon cow on the front of a t-shirt and the top of it says ditch dairy. And so he's looking at it and he rolls his eyes and scowls and says, what do they have against dairy? And yeah you know, but that's fine. Great that you're asking the question. If you really want to ask the question, I'll answer. <laughs> now, this gentleman didn't want the answer. He was just muttering under his breath, but still. Um, but the vast majority of people who go to a veg fest are either vegan or vegan curious. And it's just amazing to have thousands of like-minded people in a shared space. Yeah, I want. I, I'm actually wondering how many of them are are actually vegan, or if the or if a lot of the people there are just enjoying it. Like you might go to a Greek food festival or a mm-hmm. Italian food festival, or you know, and just because you enjoy and want to learn more about it. Um, but I'm sure they're they're there with us with a uh, a certain openness, no matter what. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And just the idea, like I love the thought that maybe even the majority of people at a veg fest are just there because it's a fest and they want to try the food and they're not vegan. Great. That's mm. more people that we can perhaps pull in and get interested in why we're all vegan. Because of course, it's not just about great food. Great food is an awesome entry point, but that's not what it's about. So if they're willing to listen, to say, this is why we do this. It's not arbitrary. It's not just a random dietary choice. Here's the real reason behind it. That's to me is the best possible outcome. Yeah. And um, on that note, there were a few people at the Western New York Veg Fest who approached us that were not vegan or were attempting to be vegan um, and maybe having a, a difficult time with it. And it gave Sam an opportunity because she recently became a mentor for vegan outreach to give them information. He, well, here's where you go. Um, you know, ask if you want a mentor, if you need help with it, it, it's done on a geographical basis and chances are I would be your mentor. So reach out to this website, you know, fill in the form and I'll get in touch with you and you'll have somebody to help you, you know, navigate, um, the transition into veganism. So that's, that made our day as far as Western New York Veg Fest was. Like seriously, and that was the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I thought the day had been pretty amazing up to that point, but then when we had two people just back to back within 15 minutes of each other, 
come to us and say, you know, I, I think it's time I need to go vegan and I'm not sure how to do that. Or I could mm. use some help with that. And I was just like, oh, yes, this is fantastic. <laughs> like, and, uh, you know, so that to me was just amazing. Now, granted, I haven't heard from either of them yet, but True. that's okay. <laughs> you know, time, that's, that's all right. Absolutely. Well, tell me, tell me about what that means to be a mentor. How did you tell me something about, about mentorship and how you get through that? Is it a program? Is it something that's organized? Well, there's an application process. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you go to veganoutreach.org and you check out their website, they um, have a link to their vegan mentor program that you can um, connect with either as someone who wants to be mentored or someone who wants a mentor. Mm -hmm. And um, mentorship is one of my favorite aspects of teaching. So I thought I might kind of be a natural at this kind of thing. So I decided to apply to be a mentor. And basically they ask you about your, um, essentially your vegan view. Yeah. How, how you approach veganism and how you approach the world through that lens, um, asking about, you know, would you only be interested in mentoring people who want to go vegan, or would you be willing to speak with people who want to just reduce the number of animal products that they're consuming or people who are interested in going vegetarian, but not vegan. And I, of course said, I would go with anybody because any reduction is a good thing. Sure. I'd love to see the whole world go vegan, but that's not going to happen. Certainly not overnight. So small steps are still steps. Um, so I was, I applied and I was informed uh, about 24 hours later that I had been accepted as a vegan mentor and that right now, um, they actually have more mentors in the system than they have people asking to be mentored. Hmm. So it might be a little while before I get my first mentee, but I'm really looking forward to that day. Um, because as with teaching the idea of being able to share something that you're passionate about with someone else and help them to become more knowledgeable and um, more confident in their own choices is just phenomenal. I love that. Well, I think this is, this is very interesting because I think very often, and it maybe it's the, not the fault of the term, but that the term is very loaded. Vegan can be a very loaded term for lots of people. And they, I know people sometimes will like email me or, text me, message me and say, I'm not vegan. Can we work together? And I'm like, well, let's see if you want to, but I, (laughs) if you, it's, it's whether you want to, but I don't, I think everybody's on some sort of a journey with it. No, uh, very few people have been exposed to it as a possible lifestyle for Mm -hmm. very long. There are some people and that's amazing. And I want to hear more about them, but I, I raised all my kids eating animal products, all Mm -hmm. of them. I mean, I, 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 so I can't judge anybody and I would judge anybody. And we feel very much the same way, you know, sure. We are um, incredibly devoted vegans at this point in our lives. And we would, not change that. You know, there's no going back. Mm. That's for sure. But we both spent the vast majority of our lives up to this point as animal consumers to varying degrees. And so, no, we don't have the right to judge anybody. That would be incredibly hypocritical. That would be to then also judge ourselves for the first, in my case, 40 
three years of my life than Christine even longer. Mm -hmm. So yeah, can't do that. All are welcome. Yeah, I love that. And it's good to also, um, maybe some of our, our listeners are hearing, oh, it's not just something that you have to have done by the time you're 21 for it no. to take, you know? <laughs> no. There's, there's a whole, no. I'm, I'm 63. I never make a big, uh, a big mystery of how old I am because I didn't change until my 50s. Mm-hmm. I kind of like moved away. I moved away, but I certainly didn't just pull the plug on animal products until, until my um, mid-50s. That's right. Everyone comes everyone who comes to it comes to it at their own time and in their own way. And we would certainly never push anyone um, to a point that they're not comfortable with. You know, if you've got to do it in stages, do it in stages. If you want to immediately after watching a documentary, go clean out your fridge of all animal products. And then, you know, a couple of days later, make sure nothing in your bathroom has animal products in it. Or, you know, you're like, Oh wait, those wool socks, uh, well, okay. They're right. going to wear out in a couple of years. I'll wear them until they're worn out, you know, and then never buy them again. And that's all fine. Yeah. There's no one way. There are an infinite number of ways to, to get to it if you want to. So if anyone's listening that has thought about getting a mentor, just that's what you're going to hear from somebody who's willing to, to talk to you, to mentor you is a basically a very non-judgmental place. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah, no absolutely. point in judgment. No. <laughs> yeah, that's that's beautiful. So if anybody out there is scared, <laughs> don't be scared. Don't, don't be scared. scared. Don't be scared. No. Yeah. It's not a scary thing. I we weren't scared. Um I think the scariest thing um might have something to do with your uh recent episode Michelle. Uh coming out as a a vegan can be the scariest <laughs> part. I mean, for some people uh, with your friends and your family. And, you know, you kind of have to steel yourself against, um, some people that might, uh, react in a bad way when they find out that you're vegan, you know, mm-hmm. um, either they don't really fully understand what it means, um, or they might like joke or make fun of you. Um, you have to kind of, you take that stuff um with a grain of salt you know so you have you been through that sort of thing where people just completely misunderstood what you were about um i think at my job i did have some people that completely didn't get it or um just kind of thought well you know it was kind of hippy dippy thing Mm. of me to do or would make jokes you know would order pizzas and make a joke oh sorry there's none for you it all has pepperoni or cheese or whatever and um, I just kind of took that stuff in stride because th- there's, I mean, if people aren't going to change if they don't want to. Um, so, th- and it really wasn't a, a, a good atmosphere for me to, to be preaching or anything. So right. um, I think a lot of people have, maybe if they have any fears, a lot of that fear stems from the other people in their life, not necessarily the, themselves, you know, mm. but it can be done. My family was, uh, embraced it my family embraced it and sam's family uh they embrace it too they deal with it and um her family even though they're totally not vegans they have been trying to make vegan meals and you know um we do get some you know good humored ribbing every once in a while For but sure. <laughs> whatever that's family that's family um, and that's fine yeah, yeah but we we've been lucky so far that most of the people in our lives have been pretty supportive of what yeah. we, of our that's vegan really journey so I think my mom is really the one person who questions it. 
every now and again. And for her, it's just because she grew up on a small dairy farm. So she's not accustomed to the idea of factory farming. Um, you know, to her, she and her parents and her sisters loved their animals, you know, and they were treated very, very well. Um, outside of the fact they, they were still being used for industrial purpose, but, um, so there's a little bit of a disconnect there. You know, she feels like by not consuming dairy, I would be putting her father out of business Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. And I completely understand how that would, would feel almost like a betrayal in a way, but the more she asks us about it, and this is true of all of our family, the more questions they ask and the more we're able to share with them because we never get preachy. We don't start talking about veganism unless they lead us there. And so if someone asks a question and we get to answer it, that's really awesome. And I feel like every time we get to share information, their minds open up just a little bit. I call it sprinkling veganism on people, whether they like it or not, but it's just, yeah. sprinkle. It's just a sprinkle. <laughs> sprinkle. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Do what you will with it. Yeah. <laughs> Sprinkle away. You know, <laughs> o- Oscar Wilde has that famous saying that living well is the best revenge. And I always think that that is maybe not quite so, so negative, but that right. just to have a great life as a vegan is really the best, um, the best kind of marketing we can do is to be, Absolutely. to have Absolutely. a great no time, question. to enjoy our foods, to, to, uh, I, I do respect there are some people who do not want to be with not with with uh, animal eaters i mean i understand that some of them have signed uh, things like these i think the liberation pledge and certain things right. where mm-hmm. they will not eat in with other people and i get right. it and i admire that in many ways that is not the work i do um like i'm here to try to like cajole y'all <laughs> right right and i think that that would be incredibly difficult and it would be um, hard not to completely alienate a lot of people in your lives. Like if you were out at a restaurant and somebody in your party orders, you know, wow. a meal with meat in it, if you were to get up and walk out, I, I, I think that would, it would cause a, a lot of rifts with your, your circle, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think that would be a really difficult thing to do. Yeah. And we, we don't function that way either, you know? Um, my family is entirely omnivorous and uh, Christine's family is mostly omnivorous. We do have a fellow vegan uh, soon to join the family through marriage, which we're very excited about. So there are three of us in the room, which is (laughs) great. So it's a 50, 50 split vegans to omnivores, which is really very cool. Um, (laughs) But when we're with my family, we are definitely in the minority and um, everyone's really gracious about it actually, you know, they either allow us to cook for them or we do our own things or they'll call ahead to a restaurant and make sure that there's a vegan option. Um, I've seen them do that a couple of times. So that's really great. Yeah. You know, and again, small steps. Yeah, exactly. But I'm not about to cut some of the people I love most in the world out of my life because they don't happen to share this particular belief. Yeah. And I think that's also a good thing. I, I think most of the people listen to me are pretty, have swallowed the Kool-Aid as they say with uh, <laughs> veganism or, or moving in that direction. But it is, there are people who have told me, I don't want to listen to your podcast because I'm not ready to, to, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I don't want to know what, what I'm, I don't want to know that I'm doing it wrong or something. Right. And I, I was like, well, if you listened, I don't think you'd feel that way, but right. 
but I get it. I get it. Nobody wants to feel wrong. Nobody wants to feel judged or look for an, and also even people who um, are open to veganism, I don't want it to be something else they're going to beat themselves up with and think that they're doing it wrong. Absolutely. I could not agree more. And I think it's really important to underline the fact that outside of refusing to consume animal products, there are no rules. There are an infinite number of ways to be a vegan. You can be a high raw vegan. You can be a whole food plant-based vegan. You can be a junk food vegan or any combination of the above. So there's really not a way to be wrong about it unless you're continuing to consume animals. So tell me now where the podcast came from. Where, I know I know the documentary was the overnight com- commitment. Then now this. You're you're a you're a musician, Chris. Is that was that part of it? Your comfort level with sound equipment, or uh, <laughs> well, I mean that didn't that didn't hurt. Um, and yeah, any uh, opportunity to acquire more sound equipment is always fun for me. Um, but no. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I think it was just, we, um, had been listening to a few podcasts. Um, we have been like trying to consume as much vegan information when we first went vegan, reading books, watching YouTubers, um, listening to podcasts and also had, um, a desire to, uh, to spread our word. We want, you know, we wanted to spread the good word too. Um, so I think it was just like, you know, we should, we should start a podcast. I think we've had enough conversations between the two of us that some of this stuff might be slightly entertaining or informative to people. Maybe not, you know, but at least we would have fun with it. And that's how it started. We decided, you know, as long as we're having fun with it, we'll continue, we'll continue to do it. And, um, we've, it's grown quite a bit. We're coming up on a year, um, in September. Wow. End of September, it'll be a year. Um, and it's grown. The podcast has grown and we've reached a lot of people. And every time it's still, if when I meet somebody out in the real world that says they listen to our podcast, uh, I just, my heart just melts a little bit. It's It's just the coolest thing. It is. It's it's really cool. Um, to, to know that we're reaching people and, um, and that, we've had uh good feedback from people that they they like that we're um you know very non-judgmental and um funny so <laughs> fact is we're just dorks really. <laughs> we are we are just a couple of big dorks and that's what all dorks have to do is start a podcast i think that's, that's what right andy warhol said in the future everyone yeah. will have a podcast <laughs> <laughs> the uh podcast i also love that yours is not necessarily local, but there's a lot of local focus to where you guys live. Mm -hmm. So I think, and I think that's really uh, very smart from just from a podcasting point of view. I think it's a really smart um, direction. I think for, for your local businesses and your local farmers markets and and restaurants to know you. When we first um, went into it, we kind of went into it with the idea that we wanted to promote uh, vegan businesses. Uh, and that is most certainly e- easiest to do in our local and regional, you know, area. But we, we decided that, yeah, we want to, we want to shout out all the people that are uh, making veganism uh, available to other people, be it restaurant owners or grocery stores or whatever. And um, 
that was kind of like one of our one of our goals was to shout those people out and make sure that people knew where they were, who they were, what kind of work they did. And um, we just kind of went from there and it's, it's kind of, you know, we're kind of expanding. The reach is, is expanding, <laughs> but we do enjoy um, creating uh, or belonging to uh, the Western New York vegan community. There's a really great community here. Um, unfortunately, right where we live, there's no community at all. And we have been having some discussions uh, recently about how, because we can't be the only ones. We just mm. can't be the only ones here. You know, it's a college area. There has to be other people we have. To, uh, so we've been kind of um, tossing around some ideas on how to develop the, the community here on an even more local level, you know? Yeah. How to bring the existing vegans out of the shadows because yeah. we, we know there have to be more out there. We just don't know who they are. Right. Um, so we're, we're going to try to put together some, uh, vegan forward get togethers or something, um, where there's vegan food and just, uh, just meet and greets, just, yeah. Hey, how are you doing? And sharing resources. Um, there are very few businesses in town that have vegan options in terms of restaurants. Um, there's really only two or three, two or three yeah. that, um, have genuinely vegan options. Um, there are a couple of others that are questionable, but hard to say. So we'd love to see that expand and, uh, make this area just more vegan friendly. Well, this brings me back to, um, Chris's beautiful graphics that she does, her design and your way of, of, uh, increasing the visibility of businesses that are at least have some options for vegans and also maybe for the vegans to notice. Oh, the restaurant card, the restaurant card. Yeah. Oh, the restaurant yeah. We started with. Yeah. yeah the rest, the restaurant card, um, is actually an idea. Um, originally I got the, the idea of the restaurant card from, there's an organization, uh, West of us in Pennsylvania, uh, called, uh, Lake Erie Vegan, they have uh, a little card, not really a restaurant card, but they were doing a card that they were uh, having people sponsor and they were putting them in the windows of restaurants that offered a vegan option that says, you know, we have a vegan option and their logo. And then Sam got these cards from Vegan, vegan Outreach. Outreach that had, then they're just like a business card size that said, we ate here because of your vegan options. And I think that was, we we're just like, we need those of our own. <laughs> so, yeah. so I designed one that just has, you know, our information on the front and on the back. It says that we ate here because of your vegan options, uh, you know, tune into, to our podcast or listen to an episode to, to hear what we thought. Mm. So, and I think that, um, I'm, I'm betting that usually the wait staff sees it first and whether they pass that on to owners or managers or, or whatnot. Uh, we don't know, but at least they know we appreciate, you yeah. know, the food that we were served and, and that there's a market for it, you know, and maybe yeah. they should expand their vegan menu a little bit. And, you know, I think that's a fantastic idea. I hope everybody steals it in whatever region they're <laughs> listening to in yeah. some way. I mean, I try to shout out in my social media uh, people that have done an extra mile, but I think there's nothing like if you're a visitor to, to see it like in the window 
with all those kind of creme de la creme awards, whatever that they put, you know, in, yeah. in the room. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right next to their James Beard award, there will be, we, we have vegan options. Yeah. Yes. Compassion, yes. And Compassion and cucumbers. <laughs> My other car is a courgette. <laughs> Yeah, um, oh my god anytime I, when we were vending at the western new york veg fest anytime somebody giggled at that i just i wanted to hug them like, <laughs> oh, you think that's funny too because i thought it was hysterical but you know it, courgette is not a word that it, people in the states use very often so yeah so it, it's you, you've got a you've, it's a kind of a niche humor is, <laughs> but i made those stickers purely for my own enjoyment i <laughs> love it Whatever. I love it. Everybody, everybody look on, on, um, the compassion and cucumber website for their, their sticker that says my, it's a, it's a zucchini in case somebody doesn't yeah. know the courgette is kind of the European yeah. English and, uh, European, uh, name for zucchini. Yeah. I don't know. What do we call them in, in America before zucchini? It's green summer squash or. Oh yeah. Summer green, summer squash, I guess. Green yeah. Squash. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll have, um, all kinds of stickers and t-shirts on that, on that portion of our website. Um, very short. I actually updated that portion of the website today. Oh, so you? I got all of the sticker designs up in the store. Huh? Yes. So Sweet. we just have a few more photos to take of some of our other merch and then the store will be open. Yeah. Now I know that you guys, um, uh, support financially support a, um, a, uh, well, is it a, is it a sanctuary or is it a, uh, Oh yeah. Rescue? Um, it's us animal sanctuary, mockingbird farms, animal sanctuary. Yeah. They do great work. Just wonderful they do. work. Yeah. And we are currently, we use our, um, buy me a coffee site to raise money for them. And then once that campaign ends, we'll move on to another organization that could, could use help. Um, but yeah, the mockingbird farms, people are fantastic. Where, yes, where are they, they are. located? Mockingbird farms? What's um, they're the here in, in Western New York. I can't tell you exactly the name of the town, but mm -hmm. they are North of Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And, um, I want to say near Eden, but that might be wrong. Um, recently they took in, um, a small calf that was res rescued from a dairy farm, um, that was destined to be killed, unfortunately, um, because this calf was like a test calf, uh, and she was part Holstein, part something else. Oh, I see. And, and when she was born, uh, it didn't, their experiment didn't turn out the way they expected their experiment to turn out. Um, so there is a gentleman uh, who lives in Vermont who uh, started by just going around to small dairy farms in Vermont and asking farmers if he could take cows off of their property, calves mostly. And he would just put them in the back of his SUV and bring them to uh, the closest uh, animal rescue or sanctuary. Mm -hmm. And so he recently got this cow, Cece is her name, and uh, Mockingbird Farms Animal Sanctuary stepped up and took her in and she was terribly ill. She spent, um, I think, a month in Cornell Veterinary yeah. Hospital. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it was really touch and go with her. But now she is like healthy and growing and wow, do cows grow quickly. Yeah, they do. <laughs> she went from like a large dog size to, I mean, she's huge now. And she's a walking eyelash. She yeah. is so <laughs> cute. Her eyes are so beautiful. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they do wonderful work. They recently took in some ducks that somebody had left in a, a like a public pond but they're domestic ducks so they would never have survived mm -hmm. so they recently took took them in but they do really good work so i spoke with anna borini from uh, vermont um uh for, i think it's from vine sanctuary 
mm-hmm. a while back. And uh, she was saying, so everybody listening, Mockingbird, uh, Mockingbird Farm, a lot of these places, even if you can't give money to each of these places, follow them on social media, yeah. do like share their outreach, do share them with people, see if they have um, visit out visitor hours where mm-hmm. you can maybe come and help out or deliver things uh, that they need. Um, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways, even non-financially to support with your time and your energy and your social media, a lot of these places. So Mockingbird Farm is is your special, uh, your special yeah. love right now. Yeah, yeah they yeah. kind of hold a, a special place in our heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. So, so I know that you were just at the, um, the, the veg fest across the border. Mm-hmm. My family is all Canadian, my, my husband's family. And so hence my children are all Canadian. Oh, really? <laughs> not Canadian. So I love to hear a little bit something from the great white North about, uh, about what they're doing. What well, so it was a Burlington, Ontario, a Burlington, Ontario. Yeah. And it was their first annual, uh, mm. veg fest. This is the first one they put together and it was an amazing event. You would never know that it was the first time that they had done this. It was mm. so well executed and organized and, masses of volunteers the whole thing was volunteers all put on by volunteers and the mayor of burlington um, cut the ribbon to open the festival and she gave a really beautiful speech and um she said vegan food is great (laughs) which was really cute thanks um yeah and uh it was it's a little even though uh we're only like an hour and a half from the border it's like you're stepping into a different world when you go to Canada. It's, mm. it's, they're just so more, um, in tune with, uh, like activism and they're just so, I don't know what it is. They just are a little bit more focused in on the important things, especially where veganism is concerned, you know, as far as climate change and, and all that they're politicians. I mean, they have the, uh, animal protection party, they have their own party mm. and we met the current candidate from their area and, um, this veg fest had so many um, booths that were activism and uh-huh. not just, not just food. It, mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was really refreshing to see that, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's an opportunity to learn something too, not just to eat. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So there was a pretty sharp contrast between what we've seen at us veg fest so far and what we're seeing at Canadian veg fests. I mean, vegan Dale Toronto aside, because that's almost all about the food. But um, the Burlington Veg Fest was so activist focused, um, far more so than Western New York. You know, yes, a couple of sanctuaries do come to the Western New York Veg Fest. Uh, there is a little bit of activism here and there, but it's mostly about food and product that is being sold. So it was wonderful to see that contrast and go, you know what, this is great. There are nine sanctuaries here. There are 11 activist groups here. This is incredible. And, you know, how can we perhaps help the veg fests nearer to us, whether it's Western New York or central New York or Pittsburgh or Cleveland, um, kind of turn that corner and, you know, don't get rid of the food. The food's important. And yep. food, I think, is we love the, the way food. that we do. And I think that the food is the way that most people will enter veganism if they realize that vegan food is every bit as delicious and every bit as affordable and every bit as, and in some cases, much more nutritious mm. than the animal versions of those products. 
then that's going to be a huge motivator. But to put that educational or activist aspect right next to the food, say, okay, we've, we've got you with the food. Now here's the why and here's right. the how, mm. um, I think would be great. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I think going back to what you were talking about, the food, some of it being very kind of, um, frivolous food, not necessarily super nutritious food. There is a rap that I hear from my, my peer group all the time. It's no fun. Vegan food is no fun. And it's I, so think it's gotten, fun. I think it's gotten a little too fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I mean the, like I said that the vegan junk food, I hate to call it junk food because it's not all not nutritious, right? Um, but it is all kind of emulating, you know, like a fried chicken or something like that um it has really taken hold you know Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so who can say vegan food is not fun people who aren't vegan (laughs) true i mean we just heard today that tomorrow a restaurant in buffalo that we're very very fond of called good and evil will be introducing a sandwich uh that's essentially a fried chicken sandwich with jalapeno and three kinds of cheese and lettuce and tomato and pickles and all kinds of other things on it. They're going to be serving them between two glazed donuts that we found (laughs) at a pop-up market at the vegan center two weeks ago. Yeah. We kind of, we we, kind of facilitated facilitated this match, which is really kind of amazing. And I told Christine, I can't go taste one tomorrow because I have to work all day. But Mm. um, I'm like, you should go and have one. And she said, you know, it really looks like a stomach ache waiting to happen. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and he, um, I think that Sean at Good and Evil called it the, what did he call it? The The overdose. Overdose. The overdose. Yeah. We, so we had tried these vegan donuts um, made from. The two women, it's a women-owned business, which is great. Radical, radical Foods. Radical yeah. Foods. Oh, and yeah. We, I heard about that on your show. Yeah, yeah. We met them at uh, like a pop-up market and I happened to post a picture of their donuts and uh, Sean from Good and Evil Vegan Eats in Tonawanda, New York said, oh, I could see putting, you know, one of my Hood fried chicken. Fried chicken. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I, I, I think it might be a mushroom base, his fried chicken. He's like, yeah. And I said, we'll make it happen. <laughs> and so they, uh, we, we oh, have so to you two- ask for this. <laughs> well, I know, <laughs> I know. I kind of, I, yeah. So we kind of got the two of them together and, you know, I told, uh, I told radical foods, I'm like, reach out to him. Here's, you know, here's his name, call him up and tell him, make this happen. Cause he's, he's all about it. And sure enough, he did today. He posted an Instagram yeah. video of, of the sandwich and it's a little ridiculous. Yeah. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So who says vegans aren't fun? Look how fun. That's right. Oh my gosh. We're plenty of fun. Fried chicken. Lots of fun. When you, we talked about how, when you were beginning your, your, your journey with, with really committing to veganism, you listened to a lot of podcasts. You watched a lot of YouTube. You read a lot of books. This is something I totally suggest to like everybody on the way, find the media, the, I call it curating your feed, getting rid of some mm-hmm. of the, maybe if you like to watch a lot of food sh- cooking shows, get rid of the ones that are, you know, the regular baking ones, look for some of the vegan ones, mm-hmm. but find, find the, find the people that are saying things the way you kind of want to want to imagine living that way. Mm-hmm. And I think you guys are really a very great example of that. We get a little glimpse of your home. We get a little glimpse of your life together, a little glimpse of like 
what you agree about, what you don't agree about, what's easy, <laughs> what's not easy. So if it's a, if it's very accessible, to, because this is how people, I think, want to be able to see what's there. Because being vegan mm-hmm. for so many people is like, then what? Am I alone? Right. Am I alone under a bridge? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, right. not at all. Yeah. You are not a poor, unfortunate troll under <laughs> a bridge. Definitely not. No. I mean, we, we are lucky to have each other. Don't yes. get me wrong. And, um, uh, you know, we have a, a support system, um, and it probably would be harder if you were all by yourself. First of all, cooking for one is, is not as fun. I know when Sam goes out of town, I, I mean, we had an episode, I lived off of peanut butter and vegan hot dogs, um, <laughs> <laughs> because cooking for one person is no fun for me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like cooking for myself, you know? So we are lucky to have each other as a support system, but we do hope that when people tune into our podcast, that they hear that we are just living normal lives as normal people. And we have the normal struggles that anyone, even non-vegans have as far as, you know, living day to day and cooking meals and um, putting up with your partner, you know, all that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And just thinking through like what, what makes sense to cook. You, I think one time I remember listening, you would cook something, but it was like, I don't know, 80 degrees. And you cooked something yeah. that you said was, would have been better in the fall or in yeah. a different uh, time of the year. So that th- these are the sorts of things people want to be thinking about when it's all new to them. It's not really as new as they think, but it's right. good for them mm-hmm. to hear people talking about those decision-making uh, issues. Yeah. I always, I always tell people, I mean, if people are find it daunting to, to cook meals for themselves or their family to cook vegan, um, think of all the meals that you cook that weren't vegan and veganize them so much. And especially Mexican food and Italian food. So easy to veganize mm. and Asian food. Yeah. Chinese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Noodles, Pie, of any noodles <laughs> yeah. of any kind. Yeah. So easy to veganize. Yeah. If you're not fixated on the kind of the the main part of the plate you can just fill in everything else that you always mm-hmm. ate you know if you, right. ate, you ate the the starches and the vegetables and the salad and the soup right. and all, it's all easy and then you just leave the because that's what i did with my family basically they still could have whatever they wanted in the middle of the plate but mm-hmm. everything else on the plate was going to be vegan yeah mm-hmm. that's a good way to go about it mm-hmm. i i couldn't imagine um I don't, I think it would be really hard to have a family and be the only vegan in the family. That would be difficult and cooking for, you know, multiple people that have multiple, multiple ideas of what they want for, uh, for dinner or whatever. I think that would be really difficult. I have heard, uh, stories about, um, uh, people who, you know, they're vegan or their partner's not vegan and, you know, they have to cook separately and they have mm-hmm. separate pots and pans. And mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, we're, we're lucky that we're, we're both on the same wavelength, you know, where this yeah. is concerned. So, yeah, I think in the end, it's about deciding what you want to make a problem and what you're going to say is maybe not, not what you would choose, but it's not really a problem. Like, like all the other things in a family, in a house, in a, in a job, we can just concentrate on what's not quite right. Or we can just concentrate on the parts that are, are within reason. I mean, obviously if something's some, something's not great, we, you want to try to change it, but a lot of times it's just what we're focusing on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what are you guys focusing on for the future of compassion and cucumbers? Oh, um, wow. That's a good question. <laughs> 
Or are you just winging it day by day like I am? <laughs> I mean, we, we do kind of, we do kind of wing it. Um, there is a certain amount of winging it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially now that we're, it's summertime and there's so much going on. It's like every weekend is like, and I have to like constantly look at the calendar because um, I retired, recently retired. I don't know, recently, it's been almost two years now. Two years. Oh, um, yeah. And so ever since I retired, I have no concept of time. It's the weirdest thing. It's like, when is that again? And I keep having to look at it and it, it will not like things will not stay in my brain. Dates and things that I have to do don't stay in my brain anymore because my brain's like, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> so um, it's so I don't know where I'm going with that. Uh, so I know like in the near future, mm -hmm. we have the Pittsburgh Veg Fest coming up next weekend. Uh, and then after that, we have the Syracuse Veg Fest in October, in October. And then we were uh, scheduled to go to the Toronto Veg Fest, um, but it has since been canceled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why so we'll be we'll be spending a weekend just exploring Toronto. And yeah, we're we'll, still going to Toronto. OK, well, yeah. yes, because they canceled after we made non-refundable hotel reservations. <laughs> so we're going to Toronto anyway, which is never a problem. It's just fine because Toronto has like 120 vegan restaurants. So yeah. Like, all vegan restaurants yeah. um so we love toronto we, we you know we're we're not uh disappointed in having an opportunity to go to toronto but it is kind of sad that veg fest was canceled i'm not exactly even sure why i think the venue pulled out on them or something so oh really yeah hmm. that's interesting yeah. we're, i'm going to i have a quite a quite a lot of my husband's families in toronto mississauga i'm going to uh I'm going to be polling them, trying to figure out what's going on, put them, put them on the job. Maybe we can report back. <laughs> hey, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, we have, yeah. We, they have a lot of beautiful uh, uh, vegan restaurants and uh, companies there. All yeah. right. So, and Sam, what about you? Do you have any thoughts about how, where, where uh, Compassion and Cucumber is going in the uh, next six months or so? Well, I think we've been really happy with the growth that we've seen in the podcast. And we had such a great time vending at Western New York Veg Fest and meeting people and all of that good things. So yeah, I'm assuming we're going to expand. Uh, the podcast will continue. There's no question about that. Um, we both really enjoy doing it. So all hail year two that's Excellent. coming up. Yeah. We're very excited for it, actually. Um, I'd like to see us address not only kind of the fun, uh, lighthearted side of veganism, but to bring a little bit more of the political into it to talk more about animal liberation and talk more about climate change. Um, still doing it in a relatively gentle way. Um, mm -hmm. We don't want to get preachy or too... I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, um, too aggressive about it, but just making sure that our listeners are aware that this is not just a dietary choice. Mm -hmm. that there are other reasons behind it. Um, because we do talk a lot about food and we do talk a lot about travel and we do talk a lot about just the day in day out of being vegan. But, um, I think there needs to be emphasis on those underlying whys um, just a little bit more. And we'll probably start expanding the retail side of things a little bit as well. Christine is constantly making more sticker designs and t-shirt designs and all kinds of things. We're really looking forward to our, what happens at VegFest stays at VegFest t-shirt, um, <laughs> that we've already been told Very would, smart. would be purchased by several people if we created it. So we're going to work on that. Uh, hopefully we'll have our store up and running within the next couple of weeks, uh, just in time for the holiday season. And, um, we're just going to see where it goes. We're not looking to grow too exponentially too fast. Um, 
So we're just kind of taking it in an organic kind of way. What comes, we will go with. Yeah, we definitely want um, our growth to be organic. You know, uh, you can go on social media and get, you know, 50,000 followers. But if those 50,000 followers aren't engaging with you or listening to your show or um, e even like remotely interested in what you're doing, then it, it's not worth anything. So no. slow and steady wins the race, I guess. You know, absolutely. That's marvelous. That's and I think I think that your graphics also would be so suitable I because I see everything I now that I have three grandchildren and one on the way, I see everything in terms of like buying things for kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so <laughs> stories or stickers or yeah. like, what do they call those? Uh, like those, those, they're semi, they're removable sticker books. Um, oh yeah. Like color, like forms. color forms. Color oh forms. my God. I loved color those when I was little. I yeah. think Christine's uh, uh, work would be beautiful in a, in that, Ooh. that sort of a thing. I love Vegan it. You color form book. that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks Love for that it. idea. Yeah. <laughs> Put me down for four. <laughs> nice. Well, and also we were at the Burlington Veg Fest. We saw one vendor um, selling baby clothes with vegan messages on them mm. that were just absolutely adorable and kid sized t-shirts. I had one uh, young girl come up to us at Western New York Veg Fest and she just apparently loves cucumbers and so wanted one of our t-shirts but we didn't have a size for her so Aww. we're working on getting a size that's appropriate for her and getting that to her soon but um but so yeah you have, so you have your work cut out for you yeah we do but it's really fun work I agree I think we're yeah we're having a blast with it I so. agree this is this is such a great community and some people are saying to me uh I mean why why are you uh featuring people podcasters I mean isn't that competition I'm like no maybe i don't think so but <laughs> no. but i'm happy this is i there can't be enough of us the way i look at it yeah, i completely agree sad that there's room for all of us and we all fill a different niche you know um we all speak to uh, a different listener and um i think it's important for us to have uh, a community um of like-minded podcasters i think it's great that that uh people support each other in what we're doing because there's an, there's enough room for everybody. Yeah, it really is. There's not I mean, one way to do this, right? There's no. really not. And it's like at the Western New York Veg Fest, you know, there were, let's say 20 competing in quotes restaurants. Yeah. They're all in relatively a similar location and they're all competing for the same customers, but they're there helping each other out and talking each other up. And it's just, I, I love that sense of community and that sense of there is room for all of us because there is and so i figure the more people we can promote the more people we can help um the better off we are yeah i agree that's why you guys are here because i really wanted to have you on, on the on the pod very much because I, I love the work you're doing and i'm really glad if, if anybody who uh, listens to uh, veg your best has not listened to compassion uh, Compassion and cucumbers. I, there you I go. <laughs> get out there, hit subscribe, listen, and leave a five star rating. Maybe right. Yeah. Thank Christine you, Michelle. In particular, loves those five stars. <laughs> Michelle got She's the memo. Always the asking for the five stars. <laughs> you don't ask, you don't get. Right. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it never hurts to ask. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, we'll be we'll be uh, linking to everything in our social media to okay. remind everybody how to find you. Thank awesome. you so much. Thank you so much, Michelle. I, we were really excited to do this and um, it's been a pleasure. Yes.
this is great. We'll have to return the favor very soon. Love it. Love it. So, so what did you think of Sam and Chris from Compassion and Cucumbers podcast? You know, I never wanted to go to a veg fest until I started listening to them. Compassion and Cucumbers made it seem like, like so much fun and such a great way to learn about what's going on and to connect to like-minded people that, you know what happened? I applied to have a table at the Providence, Rhode Island Veg Fest in early February. So stay tuned. Who am I? What has become of me? <laughs> that's, that's what happens when you listen to charismatic people like Chris and Sam. My guess is they could probably make heading to the Department of Motor Vehicles sound fun and inspiring. What did you think about it? Hmm? So yes, Compassion and Cucumbers does feature Western New York, but their conversations are pretty universal. And you know, one of the greatest things about them, I think, is that they remind us to dig into what makes our own communities vegan-friendly or sustainable or plant-progressive. And we can maybe reorient ourselves to look for where we can make a difference by voting where we are with our time and our energy and our dollars to support compassion. Chris and Sam, I think they challenge us to find the fun in being vegan right where we are. And if you are in a less vegan-friendly part of the planet, just imagine, take a few seconds to think, what would compassion and cucumbers do if they were visiting your neck of the woods? Would they have a conversation with a local store manager? Would they brainstorm with a waiter or chef in the restaurant nearby to tweak one of their menu items? Maybe they'd put up a sign for a meetup at the local coffee shop or at the library. Compassion and Cucumbers. I think that podcast shows us exactly how to start looking to act locally and to reignite our vegan and plant-based practices wherever we are. So I think they're going to challenge you. Pull out one of those 20 vegan cookbooks you've got or log on to one of your, your websites. Make one new recipe this week. Maybe visit an animal sanctuary or follow it online. Have a conversation with a local artist or an artisan or a food grower. Try one new plant-based product at your local store. And maybe listen to one new vegan podcast because there's room for us all. You can find the links for Chris and Sam in the show notes. And they have some upcoming veg fests <laughs> and they will be attending uh, more of them throughout the winter. You can see which ones on their website, compassionandcucumbers.com. And if there's a veg fest near you, I recommend you bounce over into their DMs and see if they're going to be there. I think you'll love them. They are very experienced veg festers. And if they haven't done it yet, I'm actually going to suggest that they do a segment called A First-Timer's Guide to Veg Fests. And if you're planning or brainstorming starting a veg fest near you, hit them up for their thoughts. Find out from them what makes a veg fest fabulous. 
And by the way, if you're already a fan of Compassion and Cucumbers, you might be disappointed that I didn't challenge Chris and Sam to a round of Would You Rather or Top 5 or This, this Not That. I think that was one of them. I was planning to pull one of those games out if the conversation flagged. But since it didn't, we're going to save that for another day, which I hope will be soon. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So, until next week, make it easy and veg your best.